This is Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Well, that sure was an exciting Sunday. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, gang. I am D.C. Lundberg, of course, and we are still part of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by the fine folks at Built Bar. Please remember, you can download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners Podcast or any program here on the Locked On Podcast Network or T-L-O-P-N or Tloppin, of course. Follow us on Twitter at L-O underscore Mariners. Follow me on Twitter at D-C underscore Lundberg, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G, for those scoring at home. It was a very exciting Sunday indeed. The quarterfinals for the PBA League were on. (laughs) Yeah, doesn't have anything to do with baseball, but that's how I spent my Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. I'm actually going to talk about that in the second half of the program. And something else I did Sunday evening, I have started something of a project, which I will share with you in the second half of the program. But first half of the program is going to be business as usual, wrapping up the Mariners' weekend series in Oakland, the final four games of the 2020 season, which, um, you know, is over. Mariners' season is over, unfortunately. Didn't make the postseason, had a chance to, kind of going down the stretch, which is just kind of speaks to how ridiculous the playoff format is because the Mariners wound up pretty well below 500. And the fact that we're talking about a below 500 team having a chance to make the postseason just speaks to how awful the format is. In any case, we'll talk about the Mariners weekend series, which got underway Friday night, September 25th, a 3-1 to loss to the Oakland Athletics. Yusei Kikuchi started that ball game, went six innings, gave up four hits, no runs, uh, struck out five and walked three. You know, that's kind of a typical Yusei Kikuchi start. Johan Ramirez pitched an inning, two hits. Uh, a walk and no strikeouts. Misevich pitched an inning, a hit, a walk, a walk, and a strikeout. Eric Swanson pitched an inning, and uh, nothing given up, and he struck out two. And then Joey Gerber, two-thirds of an inning, a loss, a blown save, two hits, three runs, two of them earned, and a home run. We'll get to that a little bit later. Nobody scored until the 10th inning, and the Mariners scored their first run. On a passed ball, D. Strange Gordon scoring on the play. Top of the 10th inning there. Bottom of the 10th inning, uh, the game is tied up with one out on a Ramon Laureano RBI double to score Nate Orff. Still with one out, Mark Canna with Ramon Laureano aboard uh, hit a home run, two-run home run to uh, have the A's walk off to a 3-1 to victory. Then Saturday, we have a doubleheader. The Mariners were the home team, the designated home team in the second game because they're still making up that series that was uh, delayed due to COVID reasons that was supposed to take place in Seattle a couple of weeks ago. First game, the A's played the part of the home team in their own stadium, which is which I know was unusual. No, it's not. A's got the scoring underway by scoring one run in the fourth. Mariners answered back in the sixth inning with a run of their own. And through the regulation seven innings, remember, seven inning games for doubleheaders, Score was tied at one. And then the Mariners in the top of the eighth inning pretty much put the game away. D. Strange Gordon scored on a single from J.P. Crawford. J.P. Crawford then scored on a single by Ty France. And then with Ty France aboard, 
Kyle Seager hit a home run. So four runs in the eighth inning. A's did not score in the bottom of the inning, and the Mariners win by that final score of 5-1. to one. Just as Sheffield started this game, five innings for him, five hits, a, uh, a run. It was earned. Two walks and a strikeout. Pretty good effort. Corey Sadler comes in, pitches an inning, uh, one hit, one walk, and two strikeouts. Kendall Graven pitches the final two innings, uh, gives up a walk, and strikes out one. He earns his first win as a Seattle Mariner. Second game was rather fun. It was a 12-3 final. Mariners winning this game. Pretty much put it away in the third inning. The, the Athletics had scored one in the first inning, and then the Mariners, again, eight runs in the third inning. A's do answer back, but only with one run in the fourth inning, and the Mariners get that right back with a run of their own. A's score one in the fifth, Mariners two in the fifth, and then one in the sixth for that 12-3 to final. Justin Dunn started the game, five innings, six hits, three runs. They were all earned. Two strikeouts, two walks, and two home runs. Walter Lockett pitched the final two innings, three hits, no runs given up, and one strikeout. Mariners hit two home runs. Kyle Seeger and Evan White doing the damage. Then the season finale yesterday, September 27th, which was my cousin Haley's birthday. Hello, Haley, if you're listening. This was a 6-2 loss. Marco Gonzalez started the season finale. Five innings for him, six hits, two runs, both earned. Just the one walk and five strikeouts. Joey Gerber, an inning, and uh, that's it. No runs, no hits, no strikeouts, no nothing. Hirano comes in for a third of an inning. Three runs, three hits, all of them earned. Two walks, a home run, and one strikeout. He suffers the loss. Brandon Brennan comes in for two-thirds of an inning, one walk and a strikeout for him, and Johan Ramirez was the final Mariners pitcher this year, pitching one inning of one run ball. It was earned. He also gave up a hit, two walks, and struck out two. Both teams scored a run apiece in the first inning. The Mariners scored their other run in the second, and the A's scored one apiece in the fifth and eighth innings, and three in the seventh. Six to two final for this final ball game of 2020. Mariners wind up with a 27 and 33 record. That is a 450 winning percentage. And if you apply that 450 winning percentage to 162 games, that is 72.9 wins, which rounds up to 73, which is actually pretty much what I thought the Mariners were going to do if they would have played 162 games. So that's really not an inaccurate barometer on how the season wound up. We'll get into some season-ending statistics and whatnot on tomorrow's show. And then in the second half of today's show, going to tell you about some bowling and another project that I'm kind of undertaking that I'm going to share with you over the course of however long it takes. We do have a Mariners trivia question, as we do just about every show, and today it pertains to the last time the Mariners made the postseason, 2001, of course. The Mariners did make the postseason for the last time in 2001, where they had MVP and Rookie of the Year, Ichiro Suzuki. The question is, who led the Mariners pitching staff in victories? Answer coming up following this word from Built Bar. Ladies and gentlemen, Built Bar are back. They've been back for a while, and they're still better than ever. The new flavors are fantastic. The lemon almond cheesecake was great. and it, The six new flavors are great, in addition to the 12 classic flavors, which they kept in their stable. And don't forget about Built Boost Drink Powder, which has six brand new flavors, and the all-new Built Go for a boost of 
energy. Go to BuiltBar.com right now to find all of this stuff. You can even put together a box of bars consisting of the flavors you would most like to try or your already established favorites. Or you could buy a sample pack which features one of everything. No matter what you decide to buy, use promo code Locked On for $10 off of your order. Remember, that's BuiltBar.com for fantastic protein bars, great drink powder, and the brand new Built Go. All of this at BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your order. Answer to the Mariners trivia question in 2001, the Mariners, last time the Mariners made the playoffs, the Mariners had one 20-game winner, and it was the ageless Jamie Moyer at 38 years old. This was his first and only 20-win season. Hey, if you've got a question or comment, send it on over to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and I will use it and reply to it on the air in our mailbag segment. I'm not going to do them every week as I did during the regular season. I've gotten two two emails thus far. I'm going to wait until I get a few more to do an email segment, including one from Lewis, who emailed us last Friday. And yes, it is Lewis, not Luis, as I was led to believe. And he did explain to us why he has two cities listed at the end of his email, Guanajuato, Mexico, and Beaverton, Oregon. And it was not for the reason that Jason Hernandez thought that it might be. I'm going to have Jason on the next show where I do a mailbag segment so he can also reply to this, to this very nice email. Again, the question or comment does not have to be baseball-related. You can ask me about rock and roll. You can ask me about bowling, which I'm going to talk about in the second half of today's show. Remember, LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and the second half of today's show is coming up on the other side of this very important announcement. Welcome to the second half of Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you, J.M. Second half of Locked On Mariners. Going to switch gears for this second half of Locked On Mariners. Going to talk about another athletic competition that uh, took place on Sunday, which is uh, very, very fun. It's the PBA League. And if you've never seen team bowling before, it is very, very exciting. The PBA League expanded by four teams this year, including two teams comprised entirely of PWBA members. That's right, two all-women's teams in the PBA League this year, which was tremendous to watch. They also uh, divided them up into two divisions this year because now they have so many teams, the Anthony Division and the Carter Division, named after all-time greats Earl Anthony and Don Carter. Yesterday were the quarterfinals of each division, and two teams in each division received buys into the semifinals, which will take place on Monday. The first match of the day took place in the Anthony Division. It was the New York City Kingpins versus the LAX, and LA pretty much had its way with NYC the whole day, and they won two games to nothing. The format is it's uh, two games, and, if they're, and then if they're tied after one game, it's a one-ball roll-off to decide who is going to win the entire match. A roll-off was not needed. LA won and advanced to the semifinals, where they're going to take on last year's champion, 
Portland Lumberjacks. The second match of the day featured two expansion teams, the Brew City Ballers, which is Milwaukee, and the Miami Waves, one of the two all-women's teams. And this one did go down to a roll-off. I don't remember who Brew City sent up to pitch their uh, to pitch their roll off, but he wound up striking. The Waves sent up Danielle McEwen, and she would have to strike to force another roll off, or the day and the tournament would be over for Miami. She didn't throw the ball real well, Mr. Target a little bit. The ball came in light, and she left the dinner bucket, which means that Brew City advances to face the Motown Muscle in the semifinals of the Anthony Division. Several hours later, the Carter Division did their quarterfinals, and the first match was the Silver Lake Atom Splitters versus the Phoenix Fury. And the Phoenix Fury is the all-women's team in the Carter Division. And that one also went to a roll-off, and it was kind of interesting how it happened. In both games, Phoenix was pretty much in control the whole time. They won the first game, and in the second game, they were in control throughout the whole thing, like I said. But in the 10th frame, Liz Johnson, one of the best female bowlers of all time, hell, one of the best bowlers of all time, left a 6-10. And when she went to make the spare... The ball fell off of her hand, and she missed both pins. And she had to make that spare to lock up the game. So they wind up losing that game, and it's tied one game apiece after the two games. And they have to go to a roll-off. Both players in the first roll-off wound up striking for their respective teams. In the second roll-off, the Adam Splitters left a ringing 10, and the Fury sent up Maria Jose Rodriguez from Colombia to shoot, and she would need 9 to tie and force another roll-off, 10 to win the match, and 8 would lose it. And she puts it right in the pocket, and the Phoenix Fury, the all-women's team, advances to the semifinals, where they are going to face the Dallas Strikers, and the Dallas Strikers own the only Team 300 game in PBA televised history. They did that a few seasons ago. The second semifinal in the uh, Carter division featured the Las Vegas High Rollers, one of the expansion teams, versus the Brooklyn Styles. And Las Vegas took it two games to none, and the match started out rather contentious. A.J. Johnson for the uh, for the high rollers threw his first ball perfectly in the pocket and came back to, to his team, you know, trying to pump his team up. He was really excited. Brad Angelo then is the leadoff bowler for the Brooklyn Styles, and he throws the ball pretty well, too, and he gets a strike and was kind of mocking A.J. Johnson on his way back, and the two of them went back and forth for a little bit until Las Vegas started to pull it out, and then everybody quieted down. Las Vegas took it two games to nothing. They are in the semifinals tomorrow versus the Philadelphia Hitmen. So it's set for the Portland Lumberjacks versus the LAX and the Motown Muscle versus the Brew City Ballers in the semifinals of the Anthony Division tomorrow at 4 p.m. Pacific time, and then the Dallas Strikers versus Phoenix Fury, and then Philadelphia Hitman versus Las Vegas High Rollers in the semifinals of the Carter Division also tomorrow. I believe that is a 6 p.m. Pacific start time. I love bowling, ladies and gentlemen, if you cannot already tell. Bowling, curling, 
I love it. I love these sports. Baseball, too, obviously, since I, since I host a baseball show. But the PBA League, the team bowling, it's, there's a something different about it when, as opposed to when it's an individual sport. The players get much more excited when they're a part of a team. They're much more animated. It is super fun to watch. And if you have never given bowling a chance, ladies and gentlemen, I suggest you, you tune in for the semifinals tomorrow, then the division finals on Tuesday, and then the league championship on Wednesday afternoon. It is super fun. Please give it a chance. And write to me at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com if you do decide to tune in. Going to wrap up the show by talking about a project that I'm undertaking. This has nothing to do with baseball, has nothing to do with bowling, and it really has nothing to do with sports. This is kind of a reclamation project on my end. There was a time in my life when I was relatively in shape. That was several years ago. And uh, since that time passed, I've, uh, I've gained a lot of weight back, unfortunately. And I am going to hold myself accountable in my brand new weight loss crusade, as it were. I have joined a local gym, and I'm going to start literally working my behind off in order to get back in shape. It's not a vanity thing either. It's a health thing. I've just gotten far too heavy, and that needs to change, period. On this program, I am going to kind of update you on how I'm doing in terms of weight loss. And I know you probably don't care. It's really just to keep myself accountable. If it's on the air and documented, I have to do it. And that is why I'm going to note it on this program and kind of follow Rod Roddy's lead that he did on The Price is Right about 30 years ago when he lost a ton of weight, which, you know, Bob Barker kind of, you know, kind of got him into doing that and wanted updates on the air on how he was doing. So there is precedent for this, ladies and gentlemen. If Rod Roddy can do it, so can I, although I don't have as much weight to lose as Rod Roddy. I am starting out at 242 pounds. That is... That's far too high for a man of of my height. I'm just south of six feet tall. So 242 is my starting weight, and I, I don't have any goals in mind. It's just I want to be healthier. That is my goal. This program is done, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back tomorrow to kind of wrap up the season, put a nice little bow on it, tell you who put up what kind of numbers. And here tomorrow to help me do that will be Arvid Engen, Telly Monster and a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Remember to download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that you can think of. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners and follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg. Thank you for listening to today's program, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening throughout the season and the preseason as we were scrambling to fill content until the season began. Thank you for sticking with us. We will be back tomorrow to wrap up the 2020 Mariners season. Until then, have a great day. Calvin and Jen, happy anniversary. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.